We have eight bold predictions for the Auburn football season. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Normally on Thursdays, we do a crossover Thursday with other Locked On shows. We don't have a Locked On Mercer, but we will be joined by the voice of the Mercer Bears later in the show. Before that, I have eight bold predictions, eight juicy, hot takes for you for the Auburn Tigers over the course of the 2022 season. Let's jump into it. TJ Finley will start every game at quarterback for the Tigers in 2022. I believe he firmly won the job, and I believe that his leash is short, but I think he will perform at a level where he keeps his job and starts all 12 games for the Tigers in 2022. No disrespect to Robbie Ashford. And look, Robbie Ashford may have a role. I'm still not really sure where I am on all of that. But the hot take, TJ Finley will start every single game this season. My second bold prediction, Tarvaris Dawson will lead the team in targets and receptions, but not in Yards. We've heard nothing but good things about Tavares Dawson since he arrived on campus. He had a really good fall camp last year. It sounds like his fall camp this year was exceptional. And so you look at it, he is slated to start in Kobe Hudson's role from a year ago. And Kobe Hudson led the team. He was a natural wide receiver, catching it 44 times last season, which led the team. Dawson's going to have that role. Kobe also led in yards. I don't think Tarvaris will lead in yards this year, but I do think he's going to have a major, major impact in the passing game, especially when it comes to targets and receptions. The big competition for this is how much does Javarius Johnson play into this? How much does is he subbed in? And obviously, I don't think you're going to see both of those guys on the field a whole ton. So what does that rotation look like? I don't know if we'll know the true answer to that until later in the season because we didn't know the really what the wide receiver rotation looked like for the emergence of Kobe Hudson until about five or six games into the season last year. But that is my second bold prediction. Tavares Dawson will lead Auburn in targets and receptions, but not in receiving yards. My third bold prediction, Coy Moore will lead the team in receiving yards. I think Coy Moore passes Malcolm Johnson Jr. in that receiver role. And I think when you look at what Demetrius Robertson did last year in that role, he was third on the team in catches with 37 receptions and third on the team in yards at 489. And my bottom line here is I think Coy Moore is significantly better than Demetrius Robertson. And so I think over the course of the season, early in the season, the first quarter of the season, Coy Moore passes Malcolm Johnson Jr. So I guess that's part one of my bold prediction. And then part two is he executes at such a high level, breaks a few for massive, massive gains, and then ultimately leads Auburn in receiving over the course of the 2022 season. My next bold prediction, Jarquez Hunter, the backup running back, will have a higher yards per carry than Tank Bigsby. 
Look, this was probably the tamest of the eight bold predictions because it actually already happened last year. Tank had a, a carry of 4.9 yards per carry last year. Uh, Hunter was 6.7 average per carry last year. So that one's already been done. But I do think that trend continues. I think Tank is going to run into a wall of defenders often throughout conference play. I think Jarquez Hunter has put in. Maybe they do more gadget stuff with him. And I think he's got a little bit more pop than Tank Bixby. Now, there's a chance that Tank Bixby developed more of a pop. Maybe the offensive line is better than we think. Maybe the scheme is more complex than we think. We'll have to see. But that's my next one. Jarquez Hunter will have a higher yards per carry than Tank Bixby in 2022. My next bold prediction. John Samuel Shanker, Auburn's tight end, locked on Auburn athlete, will lead Auburn in touchdown receptions in 2022. Now, some of you guys may be thinking, oh, that's not bold. He had the best receiving year in Auburn tight end history last year. When you look at receptions and you look at total yards, that's all great. He did not record a touchdown last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. I think he does it this year, and I think he leads Auburn's team in receiving yards, and I don't think it's going to take a whole lot because I do think the touchdowns are going to be spread out throughout this receiving core and throughout this offense because I even think you're going to get running backs involved in receiving touchdowns this year. Just for uh, context, though, John Samuel Shaker had none. Kobe Hudson and Demetrius Robertson, they both tied for the lead with four. So if it's anything like last year, he's not going to need a ton to do that, but I just think he's going to be a really big part of this offense, especially if they can get that running game going, play action to the tight end. Classic, classic. We'll see what happens. All right, I've got three more bold predictions. Let's switch to the defensive side of the football, shall we? Cam Riley, Auburn's linebacker, number two to Owen Papo. I have Cam Riley leading Auburn in tackles in 2022. I think they're going to use Owen sparingly at times just because of the injury situation, how important he is to this defense, even more so this year than he was last year. And I also think Owen is going to be at times farther off the line. And I think they're going to send Cam Riley to the line of scrimmage because he's a thumper and he is going to absolutely destroy opposing running backs and opposing offensive guards that try to go to the next level. So I think they're going to play Cam Riley closer, which results in him being closer to the ball carrier, which results in more tackles over the course of 12 games this season. So I've got Cam Riley leading Auburn in tackles in 2022. Next one, Auburn cornerback, Jalen Simpson. I have him leading the team in interceptions as well as all defensive backs in tackles for loss. I love Jalen Simpson's physical play. I think he is that stereotypical Auburn bump and run corner that we've seen all the way, all the way dating back to Carlton Davis. I think Jalen Simpson is that dude. I like Nehemiah Pritchett too. I just think, I think Jalen Simpson's style is just, I think it's what NFL teams want. So I love his play, even dating back to when he really kind of made his debut in 2020 against Kentucky. He started that game and he was just so physical coming up and, and tackling folks uh, at the line of scrimmage. I think that happens. I think they let him be physical. I think he makes plays behind the line of scrimmage. When you look at all defensive backs, I think Donovan Kaufman is probably the biggest challenger to both of these things, interceptions, and tackles for loss, but I think Jalen Simpson leads in both of those things. Um, and once again, those are tackled for losses among the defensive backs. Last bold prediction before we jump into our conversation with the voice of the Mercer Bears. Ekuliota leads the team 
and sacks. I think Derek Hall and Colby Wooden are both better pass rushers in their respective roles than Eculiota, but I think they're going to get a lot of the attention. And so enter Eculiota when you have all three of those guys on the field at the same time with Marcus Harris as the fourth defensive lineman, and you can't double team everybody. And I think Eculiota takes advantage of that. Eculiota looks like a different human than he was a year ago. I mean, has absolutely been putting in the work because he is an absolute unit on the field. And so I think he has a chance to not only lead Auburn in sacks, he has a chance to be top three in the SEC in total sacks this year. Those are my bold predictions. Let me know in the Discord or on Twitter or in the YouTube comments down below what you think, what you agree with, or give me your bold prediction. I'd love to hear it. I really, really would. All right, coming up, we talk and give you all the info that you need about the Mercer Bears and also what can they do to upset the Tigers and which players should we keep an eye out for. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Folks, I hope you're ready. It's here. It is absolutely here, and you can get the Auburn Tigers. If you believe in them to win the SEC, you can get them at a great, great rate. So head over to Bet Online. Just Google Bet Online on your smartphone, on your computer, on your laptop, whatever it may be, and check out all of the odds, lines, and action. That is at Bet Online. That's where the game starts. And joining us now here on Locked on Auburn, Rick Cameron, voice of the Mercer Bears. Thank you so much for your time. And man, kind of give us uh, just a big picture summary of what Auburn fans can expect from this Mercer squad coming to Jordan Hare Stadium this weekend. Well, Zach, thanks for having me. Of course, uh, we did play a game last week. We were granted uh, an approval by the NCAA to play last week on the zero week. We were one of the few games in the country, the only college football game in the state of Georgia. So we got a little sneak preview of some of the hard work the guys have put in. Of course, this is uh, Coach Drew Chronic's third season. Uh, ironically, when he took the job here at Mercer, the pandemic hit immediately. So that right. kind of turned things upside down, and we had a real awkward first season with him here because we played three games in the fall and then the Southern Conference had an eight game spring season. Uh, Came back last year with a 10 game season and uh, Coach Chronic uh, got us in a situation where the last game of the regular season, we were tied with ETSU, went to Johnson City. The game went right down to the wire. They hit a late field goal. We missed a late one. So they won by three points. And as a result, won the Southern Conference Championship, advanced the NCAA tournament. So having said that, uh, Coach Cronick has set the stage. He's got a – the uh, theme of this team is raise the bar. So that's what he's been attempting to do our previous uh, nine years. I'm sure most of your followers will realize we did not play football from 1942 until 2013. So wow. this year is actually the 10th year of our return to college football. Uh, each year – you know, we've been getting a little bit better. We finished four and four in the SOCON many years, but this past year, right on the verge of uh, playing to advance the postseason and win a championship. So that's motivation. You know, when guys get that close, you feel like you could taste it. They sure. worked real hard in the offseason. Uh, the guys have been in the weight room. I've been really impressed. Some of the players that I had a chance to talk to in an interview last year, they're bigger and stronger, and it showed in the game against Moorhead State last week. I thought – uh, our conditioning was good. Several times running backs would be hit. They would keep moving the pile. Uh, defensive players making tackles in the open field. Anyway, I say all that to say this. We were very fortunate. Got up to a good start. We scored the first two times we touched the football in only sixth place. Uh, we had a 93-yard kickoff return. We had a 90-yard pass completion for a score with like 
30 seconds to go before halftime. So we won 63 to 13 and had a lot of guys to step up uh, on both sides of the football and even special teams play. Now, having said that, that sure. was Morehead State. We have all the respect for them. We know uh, this week, coming back to Auburn, uh, as we talked before we began the interview, we were there in 2017. Right. So we, we as a program have been there. These players have not. Uh, but they're looking forward to the opportunity of coming over and uh, playing in large crowd, big environment on television. They're really excited. Rick, when, when I went back to watch that, uh, that week zero game that involved you guys and, yeah. and Moorhead State, Wide receiver Ty James to me, I mean, he just seemed like the best player on the field yeah. by a lot. It, did you expect that? Is that kind of an expected thing over the course of the season, or did he just have a really, really good game? Well, interestingly, Zach, he finished last year against ETSU in the game I just referenced. He yeah. broke, broke the all-time record with 240 yards reception in that game, which was the career, the high for Mercer. So really, wow, last game of last year, first game of this year, that was back-to-back -back outstanding games by him. He was the National Player of the Week, by the way, in FCS. Uh, sure. So, the, you know, they expected that from him. Uh, actually, we never threw to him the second half. All of those numbers were just the first half. Unreal. So he did. And, and like you said, if you watch the game, it's not like you just, as a receiver, you go down, take a cut, wait on the football. All of those receptions, he was moving and pulled the ball in and stride and scored on, the, you know, three times. Yeah, yeah, I think two were on, on posts. He was involved in the screen game. I mean, you guys used him in, in a bunch of different ways. If he shut down, Rick, where does the passing game go in your mind? Devron Harper. Devron okay. is the what other is he? Devron's the other wide out. He came uh, transferred in from Gardner-Webb. Devron was, uh, received several preseason recognitions, both for the Southern Conference and even National uh, Devron can catch the football. He can scoot. He also was the guy that ran the kickoff return 93 yards last week. So Devron's extremely explosive. Ironically, when we came to Tuscaloosa last year, uh, we didn't score the first half, but the first touchdown of the second half was a 69 yard touchdown completion to Devron that scored against Alabama. Interesting. Okay. So those passes come from, uh, Fred Payton. Correct. Tell us about Fred Payton. He didn't have to throw it a ton last week. No, no. You guys were cranking out like nine yards a run, which was um, which was impressive. Why would you pass it when you're doing that? But yeah. tell us about this quarterback. Well, Fred transferred here from Coastal Carolina. And uh, as I said, he, he was still in the process of learning Coach Connick's system last year. But, you know, he got better week by week. I think he's doing a much better job of reads now, knowing the system. Uh, he's a bigger, stronger kid. He's always had a strong arm, which was evident in the 90-yard pass completion. But he's sure. making – the big thing in the offseason was Fred get stronger, but also work on your reads. There was an interception late in the game against ETSU that maybe if he'd had it do all over again, he'd have thrown it away. We had the lead at the time. So making wise decisions is very important. And obviously last week he, he made a lot of wise decisions. Yeah, right. And then the running game, Rick, yeah. just kind of wrap everything up on the offensive side of the ball. It seems like Al Wooten is, is the starter, and then Austin Douglas comes in and kind of a little bit of a change of pace back. Douglas right. looked better to me. I mean, small sample size. I mean, I've only watched you guys for you know, that, yeah. that first half, but, I mean, it, it seemed like he has a little bit more pop than the starter does. Is that he, right? Yeah, he transferred from James Madison, and uh, most of us had not seen him in game action. So the first time he carries the football, he goes 60 yards for a touchdown. And we good at impression. Yeah. Well, that, that's, a, that's a good first impression. And then yeah. uh, the first one is 65, 
And then five minutes later, he ran one for 56 for a score. So, you know, two carries, he's averaging 65 yards a carry, two touchdowns. That's a pretty darn good start. But, uh, you know, Austin uh, gives us the, the speed. But Al Wooten certainly has really muscled up. And he's the one I was referencing a moment ago. Man, uh, both sides of the football, when he would get hit, it's like he didn't go down on the first contact. And uh, so those two guys, Fred Jackson is another guy that transferred in. He scored on a, a sweep last week for a touchdown. So I thought overall we had really good balance. You talked that Fred didn't have to throw much. But, you know, if you look at the total stats, we had uh, 266 through the air and 359 rushing. So a pretty good balance. So the impact players on offense that I noticed, is there anybody that I'm, that I'm leaving out, potentially an offensive lineman or, or a tight end or somebody like that? Well, I think those are the guys uh, certainly that were head and shoulders above everyone else last week. Coach will apparently occasionally throw to the tight ends. Uh, you know, the funny thing about Coach Chronic is that when we started football, as I referenced back in 2013, we opened up the very first game, a night game against Reinhardt. We won on a last-second field goal. The interesting thing on the other sideline was Drew Cronick's father, and Drew was an assistant coach on that team. So he actually coached against us in our first game ever. Following that wow. game, our, our athletic director, Jim Cole, said, you know, I don't care if we ever play those guys again because when they had the football, I couldn't figure out who had the football. So that kind of stuck in Jim Cole's mind through the years. If we ever needed a coach, he might be the guy to go to. Yeah, no, that, that's fun. That's a good story there. All right, switching to the defensive side of the ball. Yes, sir. Rick, uh, the two guys that stood out to me, one was Chris Hill, yep, uh, the defensive lineman, which is fitting because he's going to be going up against Tate Johnson, Auburn center, who you know we, we thought it was going to be Nick Brobs, and he just retired from football, right? So uh, Tate yep. Johnson kind of being thrusted in. I think that's a really important matchup, arguably the most important matchup of this ball game. Um Tell, tell us about this guy. It seems like, I mean, he played a lot as a redshirt freshman last year. It seems like Mercer likes him a lot. He did. He's, he's an extremely uh, talented guy. He's a smart guy and, and a leader among that defense. But there's a couple other guys that really are the heart and soul of that defense as well. Isaac Dowling, a linebacker. Isaac is a redshirt sophomore, but he, he made a couple of fantastic open field tackles. He goes to the ball so well. And then uh, in the backfield, we've also got – other guys that really pick it up. I tell you, Solomon Zubaro at defensive end is also a guy who gets after the quarterback, and it's great on when you try to get outside. Uh, Lance Wise at the rover position got a lot of preseason recognition. Wise and Dowling are really the heartbeat and soul of this defense, but there's many guys that have stepped up for us. Another guy that I wrote down uh, was Cam Sims, and I actually wrote his name down before he got the interception. Uh, but but I thought him at outside corner, I thought he looked pretty good too, Rick. Yeah, early on, you know, when we started from scratch, non-scholarship football, we'd look around and see corners and safeties, 5'8", uh, 5'9", five, five, and now we're starting to get guys with some range and some length and some uh, ability to cover receivers, whether on the short routes or the long routes. And you're right, uh, Cam, many of us, the first practice we saw him, he's one of those type of guys you look at, and he's a good fit. Sure, Absolutely. Absolutely. If Mercer is going to pull off the upset, what do they need to do? And hey, they were close to doing it in 2017. We get Rick's thoughts on that next in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Guys, I have an announcement. It's a good one. Our friends at Frisky Whiskey, they are back partnering with Locked On Auburn. Frisky Whiskey for uh, new listeners is the best place to buy your alcohol and your spirits anywhere in the world. They are just uh, outside of the state of Alabama, right when you get into Georgia, about 20 minutes away from the Auburn-Opelika area. And look, their prices, 
can beat anyone anywhere in the state of Alabama and the entire world because of taxes and just they have great relationships with all of the distributors. But Frisky Whiskey, you step in it, it's 10,000 square feet of excellence, 10,000 square feet of perfection, and 10,000 square feet of just comfort, and you feel like you're home. So go check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Just hop on 85 like you're going to Atlanta, and you will see signs all over the place when you're about five minutes out. You cannot miss it, and you cannot miss out on all these potential savings with tailgate season coming up in just a few weeks. Frisky Whiskey, proud partners of Locked on Auburn. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. I just want to encourage folks to check out the Locked on Auburn Discord. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Rick Cameron, our guest, he is the voice of the Mercer Bears. It was close in 2017. It was a lot closer than any Auburn fan <laughs> thought it would be and wanted it to be, Rick. I'm sure that is somewhat of a discussion uh, at Mercer this week. It may not be. It may just be such a thing of the past that this current coaching staff is focusing on Saturday. But if Mercer is to do that again and to take that next step and pull this off, what do they need to do on Saturday, Rick? Well, 2017, obviously, that coaching staff is gone. All those players are gone. You're right. right. Same fans, same radio announcer, thankfully. But sure. uh, I think turnovers are very, very important, as they are in most games. I, in that game, it was like 17 to 10, as I remember, early fourth quarter, and Auburn was driving and fumbled on like the eight-yard line. The Bears recovered, and and all of a sudden, it looked like mm, this might go right down to the wire. So, you know, I, obviously, in the trenches, Auburn is, is a bigger, you know, player by player, bigger players than we normally see in the SOCON. But this team, Coach Cronick has done a solid job in building the foundation. They He has every day, it's on the wall in the field house, love, compete, believe. And I think the believe part is really key this weekend. You know, yeah. they, they formed a great bond uh, among themselves. They know how to go out and compete. But now, do you believe when you go to an Auburn with 90,000 fans, can you, can you execute? But back to your question, uh, the early minutes will mean a lot, obviously. Uh, you don't want to get behind early, I don't think, in a game like this. But the turnovers, uh, you just can't turn it over, uh, especially Auburn's going to get their points. We know that. Yeah. Uh, Mercer has shown we've got some playmakers, uh, again, against a much better defense probably. But I think, again, I've been following football for 60 years or more now, and to me it's still – the turnovers are key, and also sometimes the special teams play. You know, can Harper return a kick for some yardage and give Mercer a short field like he did last week? I don't know sure. the answer to that. We'll find out. But I think turnovers and special teams play as always will be huge. The team seems like it likes to play physical. Once again, Moorhead State, Auburn, two different opponents. But do you think they're going to try to bring that physical mindset to Jordan here? Well, I think if you want to believe in yourself that you can win, you've got to have that mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to focus uh, that, you know, on what we worked on, what we think will work. Uh, it was interesting when I uh, left my office a few moments ago and they were practicing on the field and I could hear the Auburn fight zone glaring at the top. It was half of Macon could hear the Auburn fight zone. So, you know, they're doing everything, trying to cover all the bases and get ready. But I think this is, as I said, this time last year, the same players were not in as good a shape and as physical as they are right now. We had a coaching show last week. Uh, Fred Payton is sitting on the stage with me, and honestly, I, I recognized his face immediately, but I had to look twice from the neck down. The guy's arms are twice what they were this time last year. Sure. So they're stronger. 
Uh, and again, love, compete, believe. I, I, I think they they really believe they you know put on a uh, good performance over there. Rick, what do you think the dynamic is of? Okay, it's the opener for Auburn, but Mercer's already played a game. That yeah. it, it's a kind of unique situation. It, it is, and I, the, when the schedules were released, I thought, well, supposedly you improved the most between your first game and the second, and I thought, well, we did pretty good last week. Two different teams, we know that. But, you know, I think Coach Cronick feels like you have to be in a game situation to identify where your shortcomings are. You can practice against yourself all day, and you really don't know what your weaknesses are until you play an opponent. And I think last week, a couple of things they probably tweaked uh, this week, he knows if we make mistakes against Auburn, it'll be a glaring, obvious thing that we'll realize. But, uh, you know, this coaching staff is its not built for the short term. It's like running a marathon instead of a sprint. From day one, they have built this program a day at a time for the sure. long haul. And so I think, you know, its it, we play – we have played uh, Alabama twice. We played Georgia Tech. We played Memphis. So, you know, we're playing FBS school every year. And, and so you just know it's a great opportunity on the big stage. And don't play above yourself, but don't go in with your helmet down because you certainly can't win if you don't play to, play to win. From the Mercer point of view, how much of, okay, this is uh, TJ Finley's first, you know, season opening start at quarterback for Auburn? I mean, is that a talking point at all? Maybe Mercer can get him before he's comfortable. Is that a talking point at all on y'all's side of things? Well, I think I think it could be. Of course, the flip side of that is Mercer has no film on him as well, not knowing what to expect. So you're trying to speculate, you know, as to uh, what you'll see. But I really don't – I think what – and again, I you know, I don't know that I can speak for Coach Crump, but I think they're going to analyze what – was Auburn successful in doing last year offense and defensively. And that's what we've got to try to focus on their skills. Coaches, you know, coaches, whether it's football, basketball, they have a trend of what you look for and what they want to do to succeed. And I'm sure coach chronic has studied that inside and out knowing this is what this coaching staff likes to do. And we better be prepared to try to stop it or slow it down if we can. When you were at Auburn in 2017, do you remember where y'all stopped to eat? You know, that's a good question. I do not, you know, on game day, sometimes I don't even know what the weather's like. The next morning, my wife will say, did you see so-and-so at the game last night? And I said, I sure did not. All I saw was 22 guys playing both ends of football field. <laughs> so I know. But, uh, you know, we I think we spent the night at Columbus last time, maybe. Gotcha. Uh, this year, because it's a night game and only a two-and-a-half-hour or so drive, we're actually coming over on Saturday. We've never – traveled game day before but we are uh this week what time will y'all get to town on saturday uh let's see i'm looking at the itinerary they're gonna arrive yeah, yeah, give us a scoop here man and sometimes saturday afternoon is all i can tell you of course I, i'll be driving separately but uh they're coming over saturday morning and cool. pre-game along the way so uh you know plenty of time to get the pads on and let's get it on Understood. Well, Rick, hopefully Auburn treats you well, and I hope you have a great time, and, and thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you guys on Saturday. That is Rick Cameron, voice of the Mercer Bears, and that does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. We will wrap up our week together tomorrow with a little uh, Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer will join us. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. You can read all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn.